Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Left Turn Canada. Andy Burkowski and Christo Avalis here to talk once again about all the issues that are facing Canadians. Your your news of the week now from a leftist perspective. That was the uh, intention of when we, we started this show. And we're now 18 weeks in. We've been doing this, you know, a little while. And Christo, we were talking about this before we recording. It is getting pretty grim when we are trying to to cover the the weekly news and trying to you know infuse a little bit of humanism with it. We're not backed by any sort of corporate interest. Like this is very much just trying to advocate for people that uh, you know think similarly to us. But it looks like we are we're heading down a road of despair. You know, do you think we'll get any bright lights <laughs> in the future for Canada coming up? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. there's always bright lights like. You know, sometimes you see young people protesting or you see like indigenous people, despite all this, what we're going to be talking about today, continuing to like survive and persist and fight. And, you know, you do see victories sometimes mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and improvements. But yeah, right now it's 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 not been great. I mean, look, it's encouraging to see people get vaccinated. I think I'm scheduled to get my second shot next week. Oh, nice. Um, you know, so these things are encouraging. But in terms of the broad scope, I mean, we're having to face more and more than ever uh, that Canada is fundamentally like a society built on racism, white supremacy, theft of land. And I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a poll done uh, earlier this week by a reputable pollster. So it's not a junk poll uh, that uh, asked Canadians if they think Canada is a racist country. And two thirds said no. Wow. You know, uh, about a quarter, I think, said yes. And some probably just you know refused to answer. We're, we're undecided. Uh, and so two thirds of Canadians are wrong. <laughs> and so one thing I think our podcast, the other Harbinger podcasts all do in their own way is really try to explore like racism and it's like persistent daily reality you know they they all do that our podcasts on on the network and sandy and nora and other podcasts and and i think that uh we all need to do more to just expose for lack of a better term like normie canadians <laughs> to the reality normie normie white canadians to be clear yeah to the reality of this country and and you know the 751 children found today or found or announced yesterday is the latest chapter in that in that history. Yeah, it's it's difficult now with the news that we've had in the last few weeks. We don't forget there was of course the terrorist attack against a Muslim family in London then it ended with multiple deaths we found uh, earlier this month uh another mass grave thanks to the efforts of residential school systems where children were killed and you just said it uh, we're finding out now that a first nation in saskatchewan has found 751 unmarked graves which is an important distinction on the site of a former residential school in the Cowessis first nations uh, first nation excuse me uh, this news of course comes after the discovery in kamloops brutal legacy of the indigenous residential school system in Canada. It was announced today by the First Nation chief of Coasis, uh, Cadmus Delorme, of this discovery. They said that it, basically they're treating it like a crime scene and that yeah. the grave site was overseen by the church from 1886 to 
1970. And these gravestones, this grave site, was intentionally affected and uh, vandalized, essentially, by the church by removing these headstones to hide this crime. So that yeah. that distinction where the discovering Kamloops is a little bit different, it, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that happened. There was just complete disregard for these bodies that were thrown. But there is evidence that this was an act that was intentional, that was criminal, and that was perpetrated by the Roman Catholic Church at the time with the permission of the Canadian government and to the benefit of, you know, white Canadians everywhere based on, you know, our understanding of the push of their culture. And it's just it is another absolutely depressing moment. It is a an acknowledgement of the uh, cornerstone of racism that brought us to the Canada that we know today. And I, it's almost a testament to the propaganda skills of this capital neoliberal shilling that in that time we were able to shift and have this national identity of pride of place and, and respect for Canada that two-thirds of Canadians would say yeah. that we're not racist. Like it's such it's a, such a relatively short period of time between hiding the graves of the children that were killed because they were indigenous and identified as savages to now isn't Canada so great. And I it is a testament yeah. to these powers that are, are seem really really difficult to to fight yeah. against but yeah christo like the it, that distinction there it, it, with the catholic church being involved it's, it's a, yeah go ahead yeah sorry. it's it's a hundred it's like it's, it's a national denial i mean uh mm -hmm. mumilak who we uh, uh Kak, who we talked uh, about last week she's the ndp mp from nunavut uh and she's uh stepping down for a variety of of reasons including some of the the, the racist uh sentiment she's faced while being a parliamentarian um, but she tweeted a couple hours ago now uh, in response to this story, but also the broader themes we've been talking about, shared a map of 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 Canada uh, and all over it. There are just red dots everywhere. And each dot represents a residential school that was open for at least some portion of Canadian history. And mm -hmm. there seems to be, you know, a hundred or so, uh, you know, not evenly disp displaced, but almost everywhere in Canada. Uh, the only provinces uh, that do not appear to have one are Newfoundland, uh, uh, Newfoundland, Labrador, New Brunswick, and PEI. Um, and you can basically see uh, the, the, the scars that residential schools have left. And what she said is feeding into this idea that these are not just tragedies. These are not just uh, places where bad things happen. These are crime scenes. Mm -hmm. You're, you, you know, the acts of, of violence and assault and, 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 and murder uh, at these residential schools, certainly, but but then again, the, the, the try to cover up these things uh, to sort of uh, you know deny the reality that Indigenous people faced and that survivors have tried to tell us about and have more often than not been ignored. So she says here, uh, this is a map of every residential quote unquote school site in Canada. Every dot is a crime scene. Only a few have been investigated so far. Canada, do not get used to these numbers. Do not let them become statistics. Put yourselves in the shoes of these children in the ground. Uh, this map is incomplete. Uh, Newfoundland and Labrador was not part of Canada, but there were dots there too. So they had some residential schools in that province prior to Confederation. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Inuit were taken. Uh, you know, there was also uh, sanitariums and, and residential hospitals in a sense. Uh, and this, of course, as she says, this is not all, uh, this is not fully complete. There were schools where indigenous people were forced to go against their will uh, that were quote unquote day schools, but they mm-hmm. were still sort of forced to go subject to abuse, subject to cultural destruction, etc. So um, this is, this, this shows that this was a coast to coast crime wave by the Catholic Church, by the federal government, by the RCMP, and, and other religious uh, bodies as well, but the Catholic Church predominantly. Uh, but, you know, it, it really shows that, like, this was a, a, a broad criminal effort by, by Canadian society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the numbers here, that there's estimates of 150,000 children during this time frame were held in these mostly Catholic-run schools, thousands of them dying and as money is now finally being spent just a pittance of money by the federal government to investigate these sites that number is just going to go up you know today it was 751 or in 700s excuse me yeah 751 you know next week who knows what that number will be and i think the responsibility that we all have at the very least like the very basic thing you can do if you have a pulse and you live in Canada, is to, as loudly as you can, recognize that this is a genocide, that this is ongoing, and to make sure that there is some reconciliation for these people that died and were killed. They don't just die, but were killed actively in these sort of settings that there were literal murders in these places, right? We have to really underline that there was a mixture of deaths, right? There was just, and and this is not trying to mean, trying to make a hierarchy, but I think some people will get the perception that, Oh, people passed away because of malnutrition Mm -hmm. or children ran away and, 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 you know, died of exposure in the wilderness or something. But those things happen. Don't get me wrong. But like there, there are horrific stories of children being killed, being beaten to death, either accidentally or on purpose of priests, and again, this is, it's it's difficult to talk about, sleeping with some of the, the, the girls and then mm-hmm. children being produced and those children being disposed of purposefully. Um, there were, there were th- any one of these things in, in many cases would, would get you 25 to life. Yeah. Right? Like you were talking about things that would get you a life sentence if you were convicted of them today and they happened by the hundreds, if not more, for, for generations. And it's such a disservice that so many of these photographs and so much of the um, core material is in black and white. I think we talked about this beforehand. We, I believe the date is 1997 that the last residential school was was shut down in Canada. Yes, 96, 97, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it, again, what matters... It, I get by that point, the peak of the residential yeah. schools were gone. So it's not as if to say there was 200 residential schools opened. Because they also, we should note, they yeah. also did their job by that point. They also completely yeah. destroyed and obliterated as much as they could the cultures yeah. of these indigenous Canadians through torture and rape and destruction. It it was designed, like that's also not enough a part of this conversation, that the intended purpose of these residential schools, almost openly, I think in that time, when they were originally introduced in the 1800s in many cases, was meant to destroy culture, to assimilate at the point of 
creation at the point of, of children's minds to change them so they fit better with the cultural idea. And I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation and to persevere. Like it, it speaks to how strong and um, resilient and, and like just having abilities that I don't think many people could uh, sum up to still be a part of these vibrant communities that, you know, want to continue, that haven't been beaten down by an entire governmental structure that was designed to destroy you, that was meant to commit a genocide against you. And there's still so many strong voices. And, you know, these First Nations that are still here. And I, they I don't... survived, man. Like, yeah. like, look, like indigenous people are the some of the strongest people in this country maybe this like look indigenous populations are among the fastest growing like canada tried to destroy indigenous people and failed right like that's the the thing here when we're looking at like silver linings it's that like white canadians like us we failed mm-hmm. it's despite our best efforts we failed indigenous people are still here uh and this is still their land and crimes are being exposed little by little and that's a good thing right like yeah. We, and the reckoning has just started. I'm not saying we're ever going to get full justice and accountability because, you know, none of the people that ever worked in these schools, I'd be really surprised if they're going to start looking to put people in jail. I'm just going to be really surprised about that. Mm-hmm. You know, governments are not necessarily going to face accountability. The Catholic Church, I, I think you have a, a particularly yeah. galling clip, but like the Catholic Church uh, seems to to, 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 to to be unwilling to apologize. The Pope uh, you put puts out ridiculous statements. Bishops are putting out ridiculous statements, and um, I don't know if there's going to be true justice. But Canadians are learning things that 20 years ago they would have never learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? and, that, and that's because Indigenous people have survived. Mm-hmm. This isn't benevolence. This is Indigenous people surviving to tell their stories. Absolutely, and you know that is something that is really you know like you said the silver lining is to see. And I think we talked about this last week. Like there are people who are just better that they're able to sum up an, an internal strength and fortitude that I think a lot of others wouldn't. And we are benefited that so many of those indigenous, those uh, people with those strengths are indigenous and are able to, you know, further these uh, these cultures that made up Canada. And and I, I really do wonder if. You know, we didn't have those really strong voices if this conversation wouldn't have been entirely subsumed into just, you know, a relic of the past. You know, it's it's something we need to hang our heads in and, and wear the most orange shirt we can. But it's something that happened in the past. So I, you know, it, it's great that we have these voices because as much as it does, this situation would be horrible if every single voice was contrite and recognizing uh, the genocide that has been perpetrated uh, to Canadians, that's not what's happening. And you, you mentioned a, a galling clip. Here is Mississauga pastor Owen Keenan that said publicly in a filmed procession, this wasn't you know some hidden footage, he wanted this to be known, that we're not looking at all the good that residential schools have done. Now, I presume that the same number would thank the church for the good that was done in those schools, But of course, that question was never asked. And in fact, we're not allowed even to say that good was done in those schools. I await to see what comes to my inbox. 
the thing that really upsets me with this is just kind of the galling irony uh, online speak he uses like I can't wait to see what my inbox is looking like like this is again this is insane this is evil in a way that we can't recognize and we haven't really talked about how truly evil the Catholic Church in particular has operated in Canada here with these residential school systems like the responsibility on the church and I believe at this point there's been no public apology from any of the you know powers that be that there will be a change so yeah Christo. I mean I think in I think part of the some isolated priestly yeah. orders and stuff have apologized but there has not been an apology from the Holy See from the Pope Mm -hmm. where it ultimately needs to come from, where it's going to be. And I'm not saying, like, look, if the Catholic Church just apologizes, like, that's, you know, that oh, they're, they're good, right? But, like, it's on the list of things they can do. It should be the least uh, troubling thing they can do for them. It's just something that they can just do, uh, and they have not done it. But, no, you're right. Like, this feeds into, you know, some of the narratives, this both sidesism of of residential schools, if you can believe it. Where it's like, you know, uh, Aaron O'Toole, we talked about that, but Aaron O'Toole got in trouble for basically doing that when he said that, you know, these schools, uh, you know, they, they morphed into something bad. That's true. But the original intent was good. And, uh, you know, the, the, they were they were there to educate people and we should respect that reality. And it's just it's wild to me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that 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 people are still making that point. And I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's ignorance or honestly, if they, uh, some of these people are just like, they don't care. They honestly still think that thousands of, of children and on, cause now we're, we're basically at a thousand now Yeah. with the, we're, we're right at a, just in these two first school, the one in Kamloops and the one in Saskatchewan puts us just under a thousand children. I guarantee you there's going to be more. There's going to be thousands more. Mm -hmm. Maybe they won't be as big as these. Maybe they'll be bigger. I don't know. But um, and he said, well, it was worth it because we brought the glory of of the Catholic faith or we civilized children. And so a few uh, a few casualties is worth it. And that's basically what they're saying. And so uh, I think at some point we have to, like, just take these people at face value and realize, like, we're looking at evil people here. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm not accusing all people of, of a particular religious faith of doing that. But that is a priest of the Catholic Church saying that in a Catholic church. Yeah. Like if you, you know, like that, yeah, there needs to be accountability. There's responsibility, you know, there's accountability and there's responsibility. You know, I'm not a religious person. I've never really had a, uh, a faith in that way, but I think the fact that this was shepherded so, um, intentionally by the Catholic church speaks to another form of, um, genocide and, and abuse here that we don't always think about and discuss, but, it's the idea that the prevailing notion for this one religion, God, is saying that you are wrong and trying to teach children that in the eyes of the greatest power in existence, everything you believe in is wrong and you would be punished as a national movement, as an intended purpose. Aaron O'Toole said it didn't start bad. At its start, it was still about making sure the glory of this religion was infused into the minds of children, and in this case, children who had a wildly different set of beliefs and a different framework for you know this um, omnipotent God. It, it, it's a different sort of structure, and this idea that you're being told that you are wrong and you are a sin 
in, in the greatest sense that you that you are wrong in the eyes of the creator is another form of genocide it's another form of abuse to children that should never happen and i i don't think it is um hyperbolic to say you know this is canada's greatest uh, this is the worst thing about canada is what has happened to yeah i mean i indigenous I, people. I, like yeah yeah well yeah especially in la- at large you can have a debate i suppose morbid as it is like what aspect of the genocide was worse but no canada's canada's have has many sins we've had slavery in canada we've had deep racism we have all these sorts of things but no canada's genocide against the, the indigenous people defines the country mm-hmm. to this day there's no doubt about it. But do you no, think that like, is look, something that's held? That belief is something that is held by most Canadians because no, I really no, it's do, not. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's not. Canadians. Most Canadians would, I think, suggest that Canada has had racist elements in its history. I would say the vast majority of Canadians would say that. Maybe 80 percent, probably including a lot of conservatives. Mm-hmm. You might even get a majority of Canadians to say that Indigenous people still. Ex- uh, experience racism today my inkling is that a majority of canadians would likely agree with that but as we saw when people are asked the 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 broader question is canada a racist society which again is frankly it's objectively true canada is a racist society they they respond in the negative right they they say no canada is not a racist society canada is good actually canada has problems but we're you know we could we're, we're we're not perfect but we're great or we're 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 you know not the best all the time but all these sorts of things right like i don't think that canadians f- believe that the society we have is inseparable from the racism of the past i mean like mm. i don't think the average canadian believes that i i would be shocked if that pulled well again it's a sort of a similar question to that is canada a racist country uh, which is to say, like, you know, is there racism in Canada? Many would say yes, but would not assert that Canada is itself a racist country. And I think the same would be said for have indigenous people struggled and do they continue to struggle on the basis of racism? Many would say yes, but they would not necessarily admit that, you know, fundamentally Canada is based on this. And this is one of the debates that people have been having, actually, is that, you know, and it's been a debate that has been percolating below a lot of mainstream discourse for a long time. But there's actually talks from some to maybe cancel Canada Day and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that uh, some people are saying that, you know, Canada Day is uh, at least at least in this moment, if not, a, it's, if not carte blanche, but at least in this moment, um, maybe not the time to celebrate. Right. Like this was yeah. with Kamloops, but this this new discovery is it was was like, you know, today, yesterday and Canada Day is is a, is a week away. Right. It's a week yeah. away to as we record on Thursday. And, you know, some communities in New Brunswick have have uh, have canceled Canada Day celebrations, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and others are considering it. And. I don't know, like, I mean, yeah. like Rogersville no. in New Brunswick has said that they're considering a, a you know, a, a solemn flag raising uh, and a donation to an indigenous charity, but no, you know, parade or anything of that sort. And so I don't think this is necessarily going to be fully widespread, but the fact that Canadians, at least some people are starting to say, hey, when we celebrate Canada Day, what does that say in the current context is new. That is new. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be a majority view. And you see um, you see Aaron O'Toole sort of lean into this and say, um, 
you know, I he, uh, the headline from the CBC uh, from an article published yesterday said, O'Toole accuses activists of quote-unquote tearing down Canada after towns cancel Canada Day events. Quote, I can't stay silent when people want to cancel Canada Day, conservative leader says. So, you know, it's not necessarily fully widespread, but you see this, right? Yeah, no, I, I do yeah. think it's a good... Uh, barometer for politics played out because I, I do think O'Toole like yeah. this is his chum exactly he knows the people that yeah. are supporting him this is yeah. perfect because he doesn't yeah. really have to do anything he doesn't really have to say that his party believes in anything except for you know patriotic flag waving like it, it is the easiest layup for him and he would get a big yeah. boon because otherwise I think he's not really doing that well but I do think that this gesture is would be really effective in many ways of at least trying to shake that two thirds of Canadians that maybe are a little bit older, that maybe had a different sort of uh, educational system than I think current generations are having, or maybe even our generation of what the real legacy and ongoing genocide of uh, Canada, uh, the indigenous people in Canada of how inextricably linked that is to Canada's identity. Like, I do think this could have this impact. And most importantly, I just don't want to see that smiling, toothy, dead-eyed lunatic, Justin Trudeau, you know, waving the flag next week and, and talking about how great we are and and what's coming. Like, I, I just think we're at a point now where this active genocide is so linked to what Canada is and the the identity of Canadians that if there was a real gesture, a real movement, even by maybe, you know, Jagmeet, the NDP saying like, this is what we need. We are, we as a party, we are not going to celebrate Canada Day. I think it would be important because we are such a nation that is built on the signifiers. You know, we're so, I think, worldwide famous for not recognizing what's going on beneath the surface and, and just having that that pride and politeness is 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 our Canadian identity and actually have something now that shakes this up and saying, no, this is the worst thing that's you know ever happened in Canada and we shouldn't be proud in this one moment. There's a pandemic going on. You know, this is we had terrorist attack here this week. Like, let's just this this is not the time for it, I think could really have an impact and maybe that's you know my wishful thinking maybe that's you know silly of me to to assume but i'm thinking of the people that i know that on that survey would have said no way canada's not racist how they would react to this sort of uh news this sort of change and i do think there's segments of the population as we said that will embrace barbarism and you know reactionary politics and really jump into the idea that this is wrong and, you know, we should be pr proud more than anything and become more radicalized in that way. But I, I think that is the path forward. Like, it's not about what the liberals are doing right now during this current crisis with the genocide of indigenous people. It's not about incremental changes, pittances of money that's being given to, uh, you know, discover the, the remnants of uh, this ongoing genocide, the the graves of children. I don't think that's the way to go forward. We need something big. We need something bold, as we say so often on this show, and it needs to shake people. And if you're not shook by 750 
dead bodies found, graves found, 750. I went to a small yeah. elementary school. That is my entire elementary school. That, that was, was most there. of my high school. To, yeah. My high school was about that size, right? Uh, so, you know, and anyway, not even a particularly small one, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and that doesn't shake you. That like that number, we're reaching a thousand, and there's so many children within that list. Again, we don't know exactly what the percentage is, but I, if that doesn't shake you, then I think we need something publicly uh, endorsed by the government that really pushes against this idea of Canadian patriotism. Because at this moment. I, I kind of get it. Like that is for a lot of people who are struggling that would have said no way Canada isn't racist. Having this Canadian identity is really important because you don't really have a lot else to grab onto. You know, like th- that is your sense of community. That is your sense of uh, identity, individual identity too. I'm Canadian. I'm proud to be a Canadian. It's so infused in the way Canadian culture is expressed understanding that we are a nation that is built on genocide that is in the past and ongoing doesn't mean you are a bad person. And I think that is something that people get caught up in in strange ways. Like recognizing it doesn't mean that you have done it. Even if you benefited directly because this is how our our culture is built. Like you don't have to um, feel this, flagellate yourself because of what's happened now, all you have to do is recognize it and try to work to make it better. Like, I I, I do wonder if it would have this big impact. I, I, I think it will, you know, uh, it will it happen. I don't see any reality where Justin Trudeau and the liberals federally push anything like this. What, what do you think? No. I went on for a no, while no, there. Yeah, no, 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 there? no. 100% no. I mean, look. What what we predicted or what I noted in Canadian Dimension when I wrote about this is that, you know, I thought that what you'd see is certainly a stepped up rhetoric from the liberals. You would see, um, you know, money for the specific issue of locating these these unmarked graves, these mass graves, uh, these markers of genocide, uh, which is something that was denied by the Harper government and never offered by the Trudeau liberals uh, until now. Uh, but, you know, we're still seeing the remnants of this. We, we talked about Mumilak's speech last week. We ran most, if not the whole thing. And, you know, after that speech, she kept saying various liberal MPs uh, in particular had sort of lauded her speech. And then yet when there were actual opportunities before that speech and after it to do something meaningful for indigenous peoples, uh, they often refused to do it. And so Mumilak wanted a very uh, simple but very important act to put indigenous languages on federal ballots, at least in in, in certain parts of the country, which is currently not the case. Only um, English and French, I believe, are on ballots, right? But mm-hmm. in some parts of the country, at least, particularly where she's from, uh, uh, Inuk, you know, the, the Inuit language, Inuktitut is an official language, as French is in, in Quebec and French and English are in New Brunswick and what have you. Um, and the liberals denied that. Uh, and so they've had opportunities to meaningfully do something before and after this these discoveries, and they haven't. And what we saw actually was a mask slip slipping off. We uh, we noted the discovery of um we we noted that uh, you know Car- uh, uh, Carolyn Bennett, the yes, minister yeah. for Indigenous Crown Relations, said, "I'm going to wear my orange shirt. I'm still going to celebrate Canada Day." 
you know, she gave all these, the, as, as Jugmeet Singh and Mumilak would say, these pretty words about the need for Canada to do better. But fundamentally, um, she uh, insulted Jody Wilson-Raybould. For those who don't know where she, uh, who she is, she was Trudeau's former justice minister uh, from 2015 until around the time that, um, you know, she began to speak up against him on SNC-Lavalin and she was removed from cabinet or resigned from cabinet, I believe, but then was removed from caucus. Um, and then uh, she got a tweet uh, earlier today, I believe, or yesterday from Carolyn Bennett, uh, where Jody Wilson-Rabel said the following, with the horrific news out of Saskatchewan, our collective call again is for concrete transformative action. Justin Trudeau, if you at Justin Trudeau, if you care enough to make things right, stop your selfish jockeying for an election, which no one really wants, and do what you promised in 2018, right? Uh, and so yeah. she tweeted that yesterday, hashtag 215 plus heartbreak, because that was before we knew that the 751, that, that figure was only released a couple of hours ago. Yeah. And in response to this, Carolyn Bennett puts a pension question mark, which is to imply that Jody Wilson-Raybould is worried about her pension and only her pension. You get a pension in Parliament after serving for so many years, right? You you basically put your, 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 your service time in and you can get access to a pension. Uh, and Wilson-Raybould is effectively implying that, 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 or Bennett was implying that this Indigenous woman member of Parliament, um, who now sits as an independent, uh, was weaponizing this, God, eh? the struggles of other indigenous people uh, for her own political ends and her own per personal finances. And I mean, Carolyn Bennett tried to apologize. She said earlier, I offered my apologies uh, to the MP for Vancouver Granville. Uh, I let interpersonal dynamics get the better of me and sent an insensitive and appropriate comment, which I deeply regret. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Got ratioed on that. Uh, but the point is, like... This is like, this is, that's the real Carolyn Bennett. Yeah. That's the real Carolyn Bennett. Um, she sees an indigenous woman who did what she never did, which was stand up to the liberal party, got bullied around for it. Uh, now sits as an independent, was lucky enough or not lucky necessarily, but was, was able to win an election as an independent, which is a hard thing to do in this country. Um, and, uh, was simply mentioning what we're all thinking, which is that, look, we don't need an election right now. The parliament is still pretty functional. The liberals can pass most of their legislation because they have a large enough plurality in the House that if they can get the NDP or conservatives or block on any one issue, uh, then they can pass a piece of legislation. Uh, there hasn't been any major need for an election. Most Canadians don't want an election until at least the fall. Uh, if not longer, most Canadians would be angry if it happened before the fall and I think would tolerate it perhaps afterwards. That was what, that's what some polling indicated. And I think what this shows is that like, you know, she's making a point, which is like, don't worry about an election. Canada, we don't have to have another election technically until 2024, you know, 2023, 2024, mm -hmm. uh, make this the priority. And yeah. Carolyn Bennett was like, this person is just out for her pension. And I, I'll read Jody Wilson-Raybould's comments here because they, 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 they capture, um, they capture, uh, let me see. No, this outrage, right? Like yeah. this, yeah, like well, I they just capture and how it feeds into things. It's like racist and misogynistic texts from Jody, uh, from at Carolyn Bennett, uh, reflects notion that indigenous people are lazy and only want money. 
shows disregard, disrespect, and disdain for indigenous peoples, as in our history, conveys a strong, indige uh, a, a strong indigenous woman uh, as a bad indigenous woman. And so you can see that, right? And now, mm -hmm. so this is happening, again, on the same day or in and around the same time that, um, you know, we're, we're finding we these bodies. The bodies. And this is yeah. the same time. Yeah, well, we no. are having this discussion. And look, I, I don't think any party has endorsed the uh, boycott Canada Day line, whether you think they should or shouldn't. But, you know, this comes as a, 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 on the same day. This was a message from Carolyn Bennett where she said, Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Carolyn Bennett will wear an orange shirt on Canada Day. Quote, I do think that lots of people feel that it would be a, that the that that would be the appropriate thing to do as well as celebrating the best country in the world. But that made some very terrible mistakes. Oh, right. Jesus so Christ. she is feeding into that that narrative. Uh, and maybe that's smart politics because the liberals see the polls and they probably see internal polls as well mm -hmm. that show that two thirds of Canadians are are disagree with the reality staring them in the eyeballs. But like that's that's, you know, Jody Wilson, uh, that's Carolyn Bennett uh, crying crocodile tears about indigenous people fighting yeah. them in court, still saying we should celebrate this country that's built on genocide. And then when uh, in private texts uh, trying to mock indigenous women saying you actually just want to stop an election to save your pension. It's, 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 it's galling front to back, right? I don't think we're going to be doing best person, worst person this week. <laughs> but, you know, Carolyn Bennett's right up the right up at the top. I think and it's almost like she doesn't understand Carolyn Bennett that not all politicians are as slimy and, you know, opportunistic as she is that, you know, people yeah. like Jody Rose and Rebel believe in something that is maybe a little greater than yeah. themselves. So we join the liberal party yeah. because they're slimy. They, they, yeah. they don't leave it. You know what I mean? Like, Jody yeah. Rebel, <laughs> I don't definitely agree with her. She's not, she's not a left winger. Yeah. Like I like I, I, I find much to admire about Jody Wilson Raybould. She's not a leftist. I probably, I would like, if I was in her riding, I'd vote for the NDP candidate, yeah. but like, look, fundamentally, she has, ideals. There's a, she has yeah, strong yeah. ideals. Absolutely. She has ideals. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't run as an independent uh, to make it easy. Uh, the Green Party wanted her to run, for instance. She basically, if she wanted to, she could have become Elizabeth May's successor yeah. to be the Green Party. Elizabeth May, effective, if you remember this, endorsed Jody Wilson-Raybould over the Green candidate in the riding, effectively. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, but look, I get it. There, there's self-interest in politics. There is. And, and that and that, and that includes politicians of every background. It does. That mm -hmm. That is true. But... To suggest that in this particular case, Jody Wilson-Raybould, in response to the deaths of a, a thousand indigenous children in the last couple of weeks that found in marked, unmarked graves, mass graves, what have you, um, is out for her pension, like... That's that's super fucking racist. Yeah, absolutely. And just and just cruel. Like even take race out of it. Even if that was one. Even if she sent that to another white white woman who was concerned about just just like so scummy to think that that's oh, yeah. where your mind goes, right? And like even she's the indigenous the, relations yeah, yeah. minister. Like that's also really yeah. important here yeah. too. <laughs> she she represents the crown in a sense. She represents yeah. the crown in its relations with indigenous people. That's literally her, her job title, right? It's so. a joke. It's, it's a yeah. punchline that like, you know, walking Eagle news would do like it is. So it's meant to illustrate how hilarious and uh, racist Canadian politicians can be, but it's not a joke. It really happened. And I, I just, I can't imagine how absolutely brain dead you have to be 
to send this text and not think there's going to be repercussions. Like, like you are part of a different sort of society of people. If you think that this is like, okay, and there won't be repercussions, like it, it stuff like this, like you said, make people recognize that they distrust politicians. And as much as there is you know, this distinction between Jody Wilson and, and a lot of the uh, things that you and I believe, at least she is on this issue a hundred percent correct and is willing to yeah. put herself out there. And like we have no in this moment in time in 2021 with the year we've just had with the reconciliation we need and what we know we're going to need to survive against the environmental catastrophe that is coming. We cannot have any politicians that operate the same way that a vast majority, if not the entirety of the federal liberal caucus does. Like it just, it cannot happen because we will shift further and further into racist barbarity. And those reactionary elements, O'Toole's reactionary elements will overtake because now is not the time for, you know, status quo politics. We need big changes now. And if you're someone like Carolyn Bennett that seemingly is so opportunistic and uh, self-interested at the expense of Canadians, like we we just don't have the place for that anymore. It worked for no. a while when think when there maybe were boom times and people were happy for cheerleaders, but it cannot happen yeah. now. And I'm yeah. you know that is one of my biggest concerns of of looking at this the current Canadian political spectrum is that I don't know if people are willing to cast aside the comforting net and voice of Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, you know, uh, rubbing their hair, saying everything is okay, and you didn't do anything wrong. We're all going to be okay when right now we aren't, and no. it isn't. And if we don't say that without collapsing, because I get it, like I, I deal with a lot of the internal struggles that I think a lot of progressive people do, that the, the weight of it all is, you know, too much. What am I supposed to do? That's such a hell world. But if we don't recognize it and, and demand that our politicians don't just serve us pablum of what they think we want to hear, like, I don't know, I, I, our country, like people will die. It will be a mass extinction sort of shit. And I don't want to put my, you know, uh, tinfoil hat on here, but I, I just, I think this is such a relic of the past. And I hope at least, this is my hope, that if we're still talking five years from now, 10 years at the most, that these comments from Carolyn Bennett and other people like her will seem like relics of the past. That now we're in yeah. a new age where that distinction yeah. is made. So sorry I mean, to go man, off I don't know, bit, man. But... I just like, look, polls, like po some polls are better for the liberals than others. There was one today, I had him at like 37, conservatives at 27. Yeah. NDP at 18, that's a decent number for, like, that's an improvement for the NDP, but, like, that's a liberal majority, right? 37% yeah. is often a majority, but especially when the second place party is only getting 17, that's, that's, or 27, that's, that's a, that's a majority government. And so, like, I think there's a lot of Canadians that, 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 that are still enchanted by that, right? Yeah. And, and they, they, for, maybe it's because they're low to medium information voters or what have you, but it's, 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 it's hard to, to make the connections between the very effective, you know, Trudeau public relations machine on the one hand and like their actual actions. This is like, you know, Jug Meats. It's not that they don't point to this, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's broken through yet. Jug Meat just tweeted, uh, you know, five, six minutes ago. It said here, he said 751 
The unmarked graves of 751 more indigenous bodies have been uncovered. This is genocide, and it's not good enough for this liberal government to only offer condolences. There remains an unbroken legacy of injustice as long as Justin Trudeau fights indigenous kids in court. This mm -hmm. legacy of injustice also remains unbroken as long as Justin Trudeau fights Indian residential school survivors in court. And it remains unbroken as long as indigenous kids continue to be forcibly removed from their communities. And so it's, he's talking about this. This is like, th there's already the desire. We found these mass graves and these graves represent a past tragedy. And they do. They do, right? We're talking about people who passed away 40, 50, many, longer years ago. But it, this is, it's an unbroken legacy. Canada is still doing genocide. It might not be on the same numerical scale, uh, but in some ways it is, it's heavy, right? Like in some ways, you know, the amount of kids, the amount of indigenous kids taken out of their communities through like foster programs, that's, hasn't gone away, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that Canadians are not, this is not like, it's not necessarily translating into voters' actions. And I think that it's, I don't know if it's Canadians don't actually care all that much. I don't know if it's Canadians care, but this is issue number five on yeah. their like, you know what I mean? And issue number one is the vaccines, uh, you know, and issue number two is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if they you know, get a job, the, making sure they can make ends yeah, meet. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, like, yeah. and so, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but right now, um, it doesn't seem like this has moved votes, or if it, or that Justin Trudeau is being blamed for it, uh, or that Carolyn Bennett is going to face any consequences for her action. I know I've uh, tweeted at her to resign, but I would actually be quite shocked if Trudeau asked for her resignation from from cabinet. Mm -hmm. Maybe he'll shuffle her. I don't know, but um, uh, I don't know. Like right now, it seems like white Canada or maybe even just non-indigenous Canada hasn't allocated their political weight uh, on on this in and of itself. It might be a, a part of the decision uh, in how people vote, but I don't know if that's where we're at yet. I yeah, don't know. No, it's there. Like I was saying there, Trudeau and the liberals. And I think, like you said, just the greater project of capital in in Canada I think in particular is so excellent at subsuming any sort of concerns and and real issues that people have into this idea of you know we're we're dealing with it with this Canadian identity like I really do get this image of just trying to soothe and you know rub the hair think everything's going to be okay like this this PR governance that we have is so effective because right now things are so bad because we it's so many people just want that voice telling them it's going to be okay and I, I think we need to really laud the effort of Jagmeet when it comes to this issue in particular of trying to thread that needle of being sincere of this ongoing genocide, but also not just trying to make every Canadian feel bad and like you're wrong and you 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 should feel wrong if you're not caring about this as your number one issue, then you're a bad person because I don't know if that yeah. message is going to to work in this moment and it it hasn't you know it it really hasn't but no. If we don't recognize and try to include in our in our group consciousness the idea of a need to change things now, 
then things will never change. And something like, you know, hashtag cancel Canada Day could be a shakeup. If I, I, I think it could be a moment. We have a week to go. We'll see yeah. what happens. Like I, I'm just seeing tweeted out right now that the mayor of Equalot, I think I said that correctly. If I didn't excuse Equalit? me. Equalit, yeah. yes, yeah. has asked for all flags. Equalit, there we go. Yeah, Excuse yeah, me, yeah. everyone. All flags on city property to uh, be removed, with one exception being the pride flag, which will stay up. And the next uh, city council meeting, the chairing a motion to immediately begin taxing the churches. So this is some effort right now in a community yeah. that has been and is affected by this ongoing genocide, trying to recognize. Canada's responsibility and I reiterate this now I don't think the message to reach Canadians that frankly have to be reached for things to change like the the, the, the minority right now that believes that cancel Canada needs to happen I don't think is enough to push the the things that need to be pushed to make changes in Canada so I, I do think there is a bit of a needle to be thread here but I think that if we pushed hard on Canada Day being canceled as an idea. I'm just throwing this out there for everyone. I know it doesn't solve all our problems. Absolutely not. It doesn't even really recognize the ongoing issues that are happening here, but it is something. And for people that have a lot of weight put into the symbols of Canadianism, of the idea of pride and culture and, you know, this this great landscape, that this great multicultural landscape that makes Canada, if there are enough voices that don't look like them trying to say, imploring you that Canada Day needs to be cancelled, I, I believe that there are enough, like, I'm hopeful enough that there are enough well-meaning Canadians that don't, that aren't just actively racist, but just maybe don't have the carrying capacity to always care about the ongoing atrocities that are being committed in their name by the government because, you know, they're just trying to get by and it's hard to find a job right now. It's impossible to find, you know, um, coverage to take care of your kids. Like it's, it's a difficult time. I think that something like that could have an impact. And I reiterate, I could be head in the clouds here, but at this point, what else can we do? We're trying to highlight these strong indigenous voices that are frankly fucking superheroes that are not just being beaten down by all this. Like, I think we have responsibility to be big if we can. And if you'll if you'll bear with me here, folks, if you're listening to me at this point, I think you have. I think we have a responsibility, especially if we are not indigenous and if we're white Canadians to not allow this to beat us up to the point of uh, immovability because if strong indigenous voices are able to still be heard heard and fight back then like what excuse do we have at this point we have a responsibility to keep going because i know it feels bad that we have this legacy and that we you know benefited of it and continue to benefit but that shouldn't eliminate our ability to move because then we've lost and it's, it's really what i believe and i know there's a nuanced discussion here but yeah, hopefully you're listening and not feeling, you know, personally uh, called out by this because I wouldn't want that. You know, we all are in this together. But, you know, every week we, we keep going through this ongoing genocide, terrorist attacks. You know, um, we probably won't have time to talk about it today. But the community that my family immigrated in to can into Toronto in Parkdale and Trinity Bellwoods Park, we saw, you know, the apparatus of the state. Yeah 
coming in to get rid of 14 people that were experiencing homelessness that didn't have a place to stay. And I think there was 30 or 40 police officers and private security that walled them off, you know, made sure they were taken out, didn't allow the press to come in there and cover it. And I think that is pushed almost entirely by displacement of people that are now in that area that weren't there beforehand, not wanting to see certain types of people in their park. Like it's so galling and disgusting and just all these things pushed on top of each other. Really, it can break you. Absolutely. But yeah, if it doesn't break you, like it will radicalize you. And I think this is the time where that is going to keep happening. And I think we should cancel Canada Day. And I appreciate all of you for for listening and, and allowing me to express this because, you know, it, it's not something that a lot of people get. And I hope that me and, and Christo are able to um, give your voices a, a little bit, just a bit with our little podcast, a little of a louder impact because I know you just want to fucking scream. Absolutely. The Trinity Bellwoods thing really hit me close to home. And I just wanted to fucking scream this. I used to live in that area, too. And to see people thrown away like trash, it just it almost broke me. But, you know, I I, again, I went on I went long here and we are we are going a little bit long. But uh, yeah, Christo, how how are you feeling? Sorry again. It's like, (laughs) yeah, sometimes you got to scream. I think that we have to keep talking about these issues. I don't know if we're going to have a resolution on the whole cancel Canada day discourse this year. I think it's far too close. Yeah. Frankly. And like cities have already planned events. I, 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 I I think frankly that conversation um, is, is Canada's not ready for it. Um, And I think that it needs to happen still. Like it needs to happen as like a, as as a disruption uh, less than actually something that's going to accomplish anything in the short term. Because if we're being real, if two thirds of Canadians, um, say Canada isn't a racist country, I would wager that at least two-thirds of Canadians would probably be opposed to canceling Canada Day. Um, but if it if it helps to be provocative and if it comes from activists, uh, especially those connected to these struggles, I mean, I would support that conversation, uh, you know, uh, full, full-heartedly. I mean, also this year, uh, the impact is questionable as well to some degree because I don't know if it'll be a traditional Canada Day anyway. So there's no mm-hmm. real sense about... You know, how, how, like, did people not show up because of the protests or did they not show up because, you know, they only have one of their vaccines and the events are, are already, you know, sort of, uh, broken down, but no, Mm -hmm. this was a, this was a great discussion this week. I think that there's a lot of struggles still happening, but, uh, we just want to send all our love and solidarity to indigenous people, uh, and indigenous communities, survivors, and those who, who, who know them and love them. Uh, and, uh, I, I think that you know, we'll, we'll continue to cover the story because this is just, there's going to be more. Yeah, there, there is going to be more. And I just want to leave you guys to make sure if you, if you have a chance, if you, if you got a couple extra bucks, uh, join our little growing community, patreon.com slash left turn Canada. Um, a lot of these discussions were really, uh, buffeted and pushed by the conversations we had there about trying to recognize, the feeling of uh, even having a Canadian identity when so much of that is inextricably linked to this this ongoing genocide. And it is a complex question. It's an emotional one, but it's vital because that is where you're going to hit people where they live. That is what people rely on to not face, I believe anyway, 
a lot of the realities of what makes their existence happen. And I think that's a natural stepping stone into questioning the core measures of capitalism as well. Like, I, I think this is a very clear path that we can all push um, well, yeah, look, in Canada, like, you're, you're not going to be able to fundamentally address capitalism without, and this is, maybe we'll close on this, but like, if folks, you know, Canada is built on a settler colonial capitalism, and you will not be able to like build a socialist society without fundamentally addressing the injustice that the country is built on. You can't just build socialism on, on a stolen land and, mm -hmm. um, that's why this matter. It matters for all Canadians, but especially for those us, those of us on the left. Uh, these are things that we still need to wrestle with, and that frankly, our movements have not done enough on. And that probably includes me and Andy. So yeah. we got lots more to do, and we're going to keep on doing it. Absolutely. Thank you again for listening, and uh, make sure to check out all of the other podcasts on the Harbinger Media Network, Alberta Advantage, Forty uh, Ninth Parallel, uh, ones I listen to personally, and you know they're, they're doing some great stuff, and it's really cool to have other voices like this that will highlight and push because we haven't said it here but the mainstream media in canada is failing at this and it's going to keep failing so we're going to keep trying and uh thank you all for your support thank you everybody